The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. And we today are going to talk about something that's very, very timely and important. You all know the threats that every single state in the nation is facing right now when it comes to abortion access. We know that as a result of the Dobbs decision, things have sort of almost turned themselves on their heads here. And of course, Ohio is, you know, one of those states where we are, they've targeted our state with an an abortion amendment, an amendment to our constitution. If it passes, it will mean that abortion will be available to anybody up until the moment of birth. There's no age restrictions on that. It also removes parental rights. It also allows for transgender surgeries and treatments. It is the most horrendous, horrendous constitutional amendment that you could ever possibly think of. Michigan has already got it, a little bit probably not as bad as the one we have right now, but they got a very similar one. It's already taken taken hold of the state of Michigan, and it is not going to end well. And so today we've asked Chris Faddis, who is the president of Solidarity Health Share, to come on and talk to us a little bit about all of these situations. Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood's annual report shows the taxpayer funding is at a six hundred and seventy million high, and abortions and transgender services are key money makers, while actual health care, such as cancer screening and parental care, continue to decline. I'm going to say that figure again. I can't. It's unbelievable. $670 million coming from our taxes. Melanie Israel recently wrote an investigative piece for the Heritage Foundation, and she had some very disturbing findings that she found out. So Chris is here right now. He is, the, as I said, the president of Solidarity HealthShare, which is a health sharing ministry guided by the moral teachings of the Catholic Church that negotiates directly with providers to ensure high-quality, affordable, life-affirming health care for more than 46,000 of its members. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Molly. It's great to be on and and know that we're continuing to pray and uh, for all of you there in Ohio and, and what's coming. Thank you so much. Yes, you know, I, I, I serve on the board of Protect Women Ohio here, and um, we have been absolutely um, humbled by this response from not just our own grassroots and, and citizens of Ohio, but from around the country, Chris, it's been phenomenal, just absolutely phenomenal to see everybody joining together. And, you know, we don't know what will happen on the 7th of November, but we do. We have lots and lots of hope, and we know that God is with us. So whatever happens, it's in his hands. Let me ask you a question, though, about the Planned Parenthood thing. The Planned Parenthood 2021-22 annual report showed that the bottom line of is – is that taxpayer funding is at an all-time high. 
Abortion remains a moneymaker for the abortion giant and is diversifying its portfolio and is now trying to corner the, um, the market in transgender service, services. What, what are you finding out, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I think this report is, is really eye-opening and, and interesting. Now, remember, it, it covers 2020 and 2021, a slight amount of 22. So it, the Dobbs effect isn't, isn't reflected here. We don't know, you know how the numbers will be reflected there. But what we're seeing is that Planned Parenthood obviously has a bigger strategy here, right? They're, yep. They've shifted. They lost taxpayer funding um, you know, for uh, family services under Title uh, was it Title Ten or whatever it yeah. is under the Trump administration, and yet somehow the federal government figured out a way to pay them more money, uh, even though even though they lost that funding, right? And so they've shifted again. And 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 what we're seeing here is that you know um, there's some key takeaways. Their Planned Parenthood performed. You know, one of the things Molly we've heard all this time, right, is that they're they're not abortion is only a percentage of their work, right? But all these other medical services, these are all the great things they do. But look at these numbers. They perform 208 abortions for every one adoption. They uh, adoption referral. They they uh, the number of patients Planned Parenthood saw was 200 declined by 2.13 million, but they still had an increase in other in, in in their funding. So that doesn't make sense. And then two is you know you look at the Charlotte Lothar Institute pointed out that there's shocking long term decline in actual health services. So if you look at this since 2010. Breast exams are down 74%. Pap tests are down 70%. Prenatal services are down 85%. Contraceptive services are down 36%. So they continue to decline their healthcare services, but they're getting increased federal funding and they're continuing to increase other services, which one of the most concerning is they're now getting into the gender, uh, gender ideology world. And of course, there's no medical provider in the country more willing to, to, you know, take that to take that flat and probably can run with it. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then we look at the financial side um, and the contrast again is really, really striking. 2.3 billion in net assets up from 2.1 billion in the previous year, 670.4 million in government funding, which we already spoke up from 633.4 million the previous year, 1.9 billion in total revenue up from 1.7 the previous year, 204.7 million in ex, in excess revenue up from 100 Thirty-three point seven. Wow! Wow! Seven hundred and twenty-seven yeah. 727 active individual contributions com- contributors up from five hundred and ninety the previous year. Isn't there a policy landscape uh, post Dobbs that is changing for the good in some of these states? Do we see that this is actually going to change? Yeah, I mean, we're seeing some improvement, of course. I mean, you know, you, you see. Um, you know, that there, there's a, over a dozen states now that protect women and unborn children through all nine months of pregnancy. Um, and there's, a, you know, there's abortion clinics and pro-life states that have stopped doing abortions or moved to abortion-friendly states. But we're still seeing this, this push. I mean, we have a restriction on abortion here in, in Arizona, and yet we have a Democratic governor and, you know, attorney general who have decided they're not going to enforce any of our laws, right? So abortion clinics have reopened. And so they're continuing to the, the the policy landscape is helping, but they're continuing to push the envelope in other ways. And and I don't know. There's no other world where it makes sense that a that that you would serve less people but somehow get more money from the federal government. Uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. You know, I mean, the, the only no other sense. the only other caveat to that or, or example of that would be the public school system, right? Where you continue yep. to get 
dollars, even though the pupils aren't in your school. So, you know, Chris, Funny because it's the public school systems that are pushing abortion and transgender. Uh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, the other thing though is that you know their Planned Parenthood says it's going to increase you know funding for sexually transmitted disease, contraception, gender affirming care. Um, you know, and they're they're continuing to buy in on this r- radical gender ideology. They, you know, which that's not new. I mean, they've always no, been yeah. doing that, but I think that's clearly part of their long term strategy for their survival and their thriving. Uh, of of this leftist healthcare that they're promoting, and so you know they they started offering I think hormone treatments for transgender patients in 2014. Now they're continuing to to increase that. They went from 26 centers in 10 states treating transgender patients to 41 affiliates providing gender affirming therapy. So you know there's continued um, continued growth on these areas, and this report is really important to see what's what's happening. I mean we. One of the things I think is important, Molly, for your listeners and for people across the country to know is I think a lot of people wanted to think that the fight was over with Dobbs. And yeah. it's not. Mm-hmm. There are this 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 leftist ideology in healthcare is continuing to 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 grow and to drive a divide. And that as you see, their donors are committed to increase from five hundred thousand donors to seven hundred and twenty seven thousand donors. Mm-hmm. I mean, there we have got we cannot stop. Um, our advocacy, our, our, you know, push for life, our continued, um, you know, demand that we protect life at all stages and protect life affirming healthcare, uh, for, for, for trans, for people who have, you know, gender issues and all of that. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And this is one of the things that we're finding out in Ohio is, you know, the need for us to keep uh, keep beating that drum and, and showing people exactly what does the abortion industry do. It has been, it has been an eye opener. It's interesting that I think we've got, we've, we're at, I don't know how many thousands of doors that have been knocked by the, um, Susan B. Anthony and, and Students for Life and, and our own volunteer system that's, that has kicked into place here. But when people actually go to the doors and start talking to people, even with those that have had said that they were going to vote yes, which means that they will vote for the horrific, horrific amendment to our constitution. When you explain to them what this is about, it is being been absolutely astounding to see how many people go, what? You have to be joking me. No, we're not voting for that. So Chris, it's been, it's been an opportunity for us right now to be able to, you know, to, to, to educate the general public in Ohio as to what this is about. Now, of course, the lies, the lies that are being told is unbelievable. But that's sort of what has happened with, with Solidarity Health Share. You know, the more we've been able to talk about it and show people that there is a system out there that does not support the, the, the sort of the mainstream health system that, that is pushing everything. I mean, my, my grandchildren go, go to the doctor and the first thing they push on them is all of these terrible vaccine, mm-hmm. um, for, for, for STDs and everything else. And, you know, you know, make sure they've got their contraceptives. And so it's so good. I know people so appreciate what, what Solidarity Health Share does because you say, no, we will not support that. Which is absolutely yeah, I mean, wonderful, that, and that's an that's an important imperative. I mean, I think this idea of it's not just about pro life versus pro choice. It's not just it's this is a battle for the souls of our children and our families, yep. and that's what it is. And and it's been waged as as we've talked about in your show for several years. It's been being waged in healthcare in the background. Yep, that battle is now right on the foreground. It's right up front. There's there's no hiding it anymore. I think with with Dobbs, they they decided they, they had to just come out in the open. It's no longer a secret war, a secret battle. 
Uh, and they're coming after our healthcare and our, and our children and to see what Planned Parenthood's doing. And if you notice, you know, I've, many people have said to me, I don't understand, you know, it's one thing if they want to fight for unrestricted abortion access, but to, to add in all these, you know, things about, you know, um, they don't need consent for children and this yes, includes exactly. transgender and all these other things. I mean, they're pushing this agenda. Clearly Planned Parenthood is not just about reproductive rights of women. Clearly they're not just about the liberation of women. This is a, this is an absolute all out assault. They also know when, when your revenue stream is drying up, what do you do? You've got to figure out another way to make money. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's another thing. And, and you know, the one thing, Molly, everything we've talked about in this report, this doesn't even include um, all of the abortion pill issues and, and how many abortion pills are out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, what's, what's happening there. Those numbers are hard to report. Uh, they're not in this number. And so we've got to, we've got to recognize that we have a lot more work to do. And, and we as Christians, we as pro-lifers, we have got to step up and say, we're not done. The yeah. Lord has called us to this and we've got to advocate for life. And so one of the things we're doing in solidarity is solving that for our members and helping them with that process. Uh, but also making sure that we are advocating for for life affirming healthcare. Excuse me. And you, you, I'm. This is the good thing about solidarity is is the fact that you are actually right there lobbying, you know, in Congress for 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 good for good outcomes. So you know, I just I love what you do. I think it's an amazing thing. The other thing that I think I'd like to talk about is is. Um, the ideology of gender, the whole ideology ideology of gender care, this gender thing. You know, I'm going to read to you, Chris. It's very interesting. Um, in our uh, proposed amendment that's going to be voted on on the, on the 7th of, of November, it says here that every individual has a right to carry out one's own reproductive decision, including but not limited to. And then it lists a couple of things. They are right there introducing the idea that they will take and every individual note there's no age restriction. So to your point about the whole gender, you know, they're, they're looking for, for another revenue stream. This is exactly what's happening here. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. You're absolutely right. So you know, there's a confusion and uncertainty, you know, what is, what is not authentic healthcare? You know, the whole thing is just, you know, the political ideology is going up and down all the time. We, we, we're seeing it. We're seeing science being being manipulated. Um, isn't there a great need right now, Chris, for clarity on grave moral, psychological, and medical matters if, as it impacts our children across America? Yeah, there there absolutely is, and unfortunately, I think a lot of um, a lot of medical professionals, physicians, psychologists, psychiatrists have have tried to sound the alarm. They've been shut shut out and quieted. Um, you know, I just wrote a, an op-ed recently about this and, and the need for clarity and, and actually celebrating that the Catholic Medical Association put out a paper, uh, where they, you know, studying the psychological effects of this gender ideology and, and also recommending the things that will be helpful in these issues and in, in this time. Uh, and it's, it's really important. I mean, it's, I think it's an important thing for us to clarify. You know, young patients are struggling with gender dysphoria are permanently harmed by the wrong treatment plan. Um, faithful families are running out of options. And, and so there's this need, right, for us to continue to, to push for um, the, the, a sound approach to gender ideology mm-hmm, issues. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I, I've really come to understand, Molly, is this isn't just all of a sudden after, you know, you know, in the six or so years since Bruce Jenner became Caitlyn Jenner, all of a sudden all these people who didn't tell anyone that they had gender dysphoria are finally saying it. 
what's happening, and that, that's, I think, what the left wants us to believe, right? Well, they mm-hmm. were hidden. They were not supported, so they couldn't say anything. And now that's why we have so many people, because they finally feel supported. Well, that that would make sense if these people were actually going to their therapist, their doctor, their psychologist, and saying, I think I'm a woman. I think I'm a man, whatever it is. But that's not what's happening with a lot of these kids. A lot of these kids are being led down this path of gender ideology by a school counselor, by a doctor exactly. or, or, you know, a physician of some sort. They're not, they didn't go there for that reason. They went for other reasons. They were feeling alone or abandoned or, you know, struggling with, with depression. Um, and and they're, it's not like they're coming in saying, I feel like this. They feel out of place in who they are. And they're being led down this path because it's a convenient diagnosis for people who have this ideology. Uh, and so the, the Catholic Medical Association and others are standing up. We need more to stand up uh, against this. Mm-hmm. You're so right. You know, I, I have a, a, a guest that comes on the show on a fairly regular basis, and um, she's the mother of a young woman that has become a young man. And it it all started, and her, her story is quite sad. I mean, the, the young girl started with a, just normal, you know, 15, 16-year-old depression sometimes, didn't think, sports didn't go as well as they should have gone and all that kind of stuck, stuff and started to be depressed. And the next thing is these exact what you've just talked about. The counselors got hold of her. The, the nurses got hold of her. She then, you know, she then started to be be uh, targeted online. I mean, it was. You're absolutely right. This is not something that was hidden and be pushed under the underground. No, it was. This is something that's being actually marketed, and that's our problem right now. That's our right, problem. Right. Huge problem. There. Yeah, and I think it's this is why parents have to be incredibly vigilant in who they're allowing their children to see uh, for professional help um, and support. You know, I mean, you know, I saw it when my daughter was in the hospital for a, for my teenage daughter had a, you know, ruptured appendix and was all the signs were pretty clear what it was, and, you know, of course they want to do imaging, which is fine. Um, but as I needed you know, as I was sitting there and the doctor was doing the initial exam, she asked me to leave because she needed to do a pelvic exam. Yes. Okay, fine. Well, I go to the restroom and come back. They're gone already. And my daughter says, well, they didn't do a pelvic exam. They asked me if I was sexually active. Right. Oh. They're, they're leading these kids. Oh, down this path. my. Now, now, my daughter is not sexually active. She's very honest about these things. I know where she's at. Now, maybe she maybe she could be whatever. There's, you know, parents who go, well, you never know. It doesn't matter. No. You don't have a right to leave me out of the room if you're talking to my 16-year-old or my 14-year-old or whatever. And there's an issue here where we have to be mindful of who the counselor is that they're going to, who the doctor is they're going to, what are they saying, what are they doing. Um, And then the school counselor issue is a whole whole other issue. Uh, The reality is, Molly, most of these children, and this came out in this paper from from the Catholic Medical Association, which was a review of scientific literature and, and studies is that 80 to 90% of these children will reconcile with their biological sex on their own without any intervention. Mm-hmm. So all we need to do is support them, give them good, solid counseling, help them understand the dignity of who they are, right. And support them and love on them yeah. and listen to them and hear yeah. them. Yeah. And this will go away. Absolutely. Not, 
give them, you know, hormone treatments that are going to cause bone density issues and lifelong medic- medication dependency and do surgeries that they can never reverse yep. uh, and do all these other things before they're, they're, they've had a chance to get through whatever crisis they're going through yep. uh, and, and come to terms with who they really are and who God created them to be. Exactly. And folks, this is why Solidarity Health Share is, is the place to go. If you need, if you need healthcare, um, or oh, please go and cons- go onto our website from the median.org. Um, and your, the, the Solidarity Health Share um, connection is right there on the home page. Um, so please go and and just to, just have a look and see what they do, because what they have they have done what we are all supposed to do. They have already gone through, looked at their their healthcare uh, providers. They have made sure that they are absolutely solid in their Christian foundation and particularly their Catholic foundation. And so they've done that for us. And we, we just, we really need to start supporting organizations such as Solidarity Health Share. And again, if you, if you want to, um, I, I'm going to pull up the, the website and, and give it to you, but it is actually right on our website. So you don't have to do too much at all. You don't have to write this down, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. It's solidarityhealthshare.org, solidarityhealthshare.org. And if you want to call them, it's 888-844-313-4999. Um, Chris, one last question. Isn't it true that the rest of the, a lot of the rest of the world is actually pulling back from some of this transgender garbage as we, as we go through this? Yeah, they really are. In fact, I mean, this is a perfect example. If you look at, you know, I think many of your listeners probably know a couple of years ago or so, uh, the, the biggest clinic in, in Great Britain was shut down by the federal government, by the government there. Uh, and they, they rolled back their gender approach with children. And the reason was because they were seeing negative effect for one, but also when they were doing an investigation into this clinic, they found that many of these kids were pushed into this and they weren't even there for gender services. They were just what we just talked about. They were led there by ideological counselors and other people and did not even have proper psychological evaluation before they underwent these hormone therapies. And the, and the reality is that the net effect has been a negative mental health impact, not a positive on that population. And so we're seeing Great Britain pull back. I think Finland, Denmark, France, several countries have already pulled back. And let's remember, these countries were way ahead of us in advancing gender care for children. And now they're pulling it back. And we're just now starting to push it forward. So, you know, if, if our if our leftist medical institutions want to, want to tell us to trust the science, then they should take a page out of their own book yep, <laughs> and absolutely. see what has happened in those countries. And we should we should pause and let's really make sure we understand what we're doing uh, and roll this back. And so I think it's something for us to, to pay attention to um, that, you know, if they're rolling it back as leftists as these countries are, there must be something there because they're not rolling it back because they had a suddenly sudden change in ideology. They're rolling it back because the proof was not there and the impact was negative and harmed these children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, I, I think one of the things, and, and this is what solidarity always pushes, solidarity health share always pushes, is that we as human beings deserve the best possible care um, from our medical uh, institutions and medical, you know, whoever it is that's giving us medical advice or whatever that ha- happens to be. And honestly, folks, you know, and I know not people listening to this are not, not, not everybody's Catholic, but there is the most amazing, um, almost 
policy document, for want of a better word, Chris, from the Catholic Church on all of these sexual and, and, you know, um, issues that, that are out there. The things that will keep us, that will dignify the human person the best is the, I mean, unbelievable things in the Catholic, in the Catholic doctrines. So, you know, and I also know, however, I mean, I think you also know that, that the, some of the Catholic hospitals, you've got to watch them and, and Solidarity does that as well because one of the largest Catholic hospital, uh, institute, uh, um, health networks has been caught you know, participating in some of this stuff too. So it, it's, it's a, it's a full spectrum, constant vigil attention is what's needed. And I think you, this is what solidarity does so well. Thank you, Molly. Yeah, that's, that's our goal and that's our approach. And, you know, I think it's, it, it go, I, you know, I mentioned the school situation earlier. And it's just, you know, I think one of the things we think about when it t- comes to healthcare is just like so many families in our communities, you know, our pro-life community have had to do and making decisions to whether they pull their kids from public school, put them in a charter school, do homeschool, find a Christian or Catholic school, whatever it is they're choosing to do to make sure that they are, they are on top of these, these influences on their children. Absolutely. We have to do the same thing with our healthcare. It is time. It's been time for a long while. Yeah. They're not on our side. They're not our friends. Yeah. Uh, and we have to discern properly and we need to, you know, we need to really separate ourselves in some of these areas and make sure that we're getting the right kind of care for for our families. And that's absolutely, an important piece. Absolutely. Chris Faddis, president of Solidarity Healthshare, thank you so much for all you do. We appreciate you no end. Thank you. God bless you lots. Thank you, Molly. Okay, God bless. Bye-bye. Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest. 